Welcome to the Women in Procurement podcast, the intersection between procurement functions and the women professionals that drive them forward. I'm Stacey Jocelyn, and today we're sharing our chocolate and our tea with Lynn Rideout, an expert in the Life-Work Balancing Act and Head of Category Management Enablement at WNS Denali. Enjoy the show. Hey, Lynn, how's it going? Great, Stacey. How are you? Just fine for a Monday. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I, I can't wait to have this conversation. I, I know some of your background, but not some, and we had a little bit of a, of a gap. Um, so this is going to be really interesting to get your perspective. So thank you very, very much. I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, let's get started, shall we? The first question that I like to ask folks in the podcast, and it's always an interesting one because there are so many different answers and there's so much variety around this, is how did you get into procurement? What was your entree into the field? Great question. I think like most people that you probably talk to, there's a little bit of an accidental element to it. Uh, I went to undergrad, did my graduate work in international affairs, and you know certainly some of that coursework was geared toward global business and doing business internationally. But honestly, that wasn't where I thought I was going to land. Um, I thought I was going to land somewhere very, very different, but heard about a really interesting company uh, that was doing reverse auctions uh, way back when, when I was starting my career and thought it would be fun to try for just a couple of years. And now here we are well over two decades later, and I am still in procurement and have been ever since. Isn't that amazing? You think you're going to go one place and you end up completely, completely other. I still keep telling myself it's just been a few years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I didn't know this until you mentioned it, but um, we have that in common. We both went to grad school at Pitt and we both came to free markets from the same grad school, the same kind of trajectory. That's right. Yeah, that's right. From your perspective, how has the field changed for women since you started, since we started in that intervening period? What's different? What do you notice? It's really interesting because it's hard to dissect what's different for me versus what's different kind of more macro level. Um, I think, you know, you and I had a similar trajectory where uh, I, I feel like I've lived all stages of my life through the procurement lens, you know, the, the young just starting my career as a woman, um, you know, starting a family as a woman in procurement. Uh, and now, you know, kind of being at the other end of that where my kids are starting to get older and I'm, I'm still doing procurement. So it's really hard to dissect, you know, what of that is unique or, or individual to me um, and what is, um, what is common for a lot of people. But I think the one thing that's important to remember in all, all stages is early on, it did feel a little bit more like I, I had to work or I felt like I had to work harder to earn my seat at the table or to feel comfortable having that seat at the table. I do now, again, whether it's because of you know, where I'm at in my career or just the way the world has changed, I do feel like now there's a lot more organizationally, you know, clients we work with, people we interact with advocating for women and, and purposefully looking for growing and building diverse teams. I didn't realize that so much early in my career. It felt a bit more just accidental if your team was diverse versus intentional. Definitely. I see that too. And it's been a, it's been a good change. Do you think that that's universal or based on what you've seen personally? And I know you, you've you worked personally with companies and with companies who are clients, which is a great lens to have to really see what's happening in procurement kind of uh, from a 
more of objective standpoint. Do you see differences across industries and spaces when it comes to that? I think your first question, I've changed my answer on three times since you've started asking it in terms of, <laughs> is it universal? And I want to say yes, but I'm, I'm going to say no. I don't think it is. Um, I do think increasingly companies are applauded for the diversity that that they uh, that they embody and that they really require at this point. And I think, you know, in a world where social media and ability to access information faster means any of us can interview our company and really choose to be part of a company that espouses diversity and, and espouses, you know, gender equality, you know, I think that does change the playing field quite a bit. Um, so I do think it's it's getting toward being universal, but you will still encounter organizations that uh, just haven't gotten there yet, that are working to get there, but haven't gotten there and sometimes aren't necessarily working on it yet. Um, but I think we're, we're much closer to universal than we were, you know, 20 years ago. And what a great opportunity for the, the next generation of women procurement professionals to continue to set that bar. Absolutely. Right? So true. On that note, what do you think are some of the unique skills and capabilities that we as women bring to the field? It's always hard to generalize, um, but uh, I do think as women, we bring a little bit of that understanding if we are a little bit further along in our career of what it was like to work that extra amount to try to have that seat at the table or again, to feel like feel like we had earned that. I do think we've learned in some cases, many cases for us starting families and things, the art of multitasking and um, the art of trying to have it all and, and whatever that means to each of us. Um, what are we going to sacrifice when and where and, and how are we going to try to strike that balance? So um, I think we bring a unique perspective on, on that juggling ability and, and keeping all of the balls in the air. And I do think uh, it's it's hard for me to stereotype this because I think plenty of men have empathy, have high emotional intelligence. So I don't mean to suggest otherwise, but I do think we bring a degree of that living in the gray area and bringing that emotional intelligence and, and really listening to people and translating that into, you know, how to be a better mentor or how to help to translate when, you know, you have a stakeholder clashing with another stakeholder and it's very black and white to the two of them. So I think those are some of the traits that we bring. And I think valuing those characteristics is something that maybe a number of years ago didn't happen so much. Uh, and I see it happening now a little bit more deliberately, a little more frequently. And just to double click on that a little bit, I remember talking with you and Bobby Batista a while back when we were discussing the talent strategy handbook. And one of the concepts in there really resonated in my head based on what you were just saying now is that these skill sets that you were discussing around taking in information and, and synthesizing it and the EQ piece of it, folks have historically referred to as soft skills, and they're really not soft skills. So may I ask you to talk a little bit about that? Because I do think yeah. that would be really relevant here. I think that was something I struggled with a ton early in my career, uh, because there were a lot of times where you are often the only female in the room and, and early on very much the youngest person in the room. And, you know, sometimes you're reading the room and you're like, I think this person is really frustrated. And, and if we would just pause and do it this way, maybe they'd come along for the ride. Or, um, you know, I think right now we could all use a five minute break because things are starting to get, you know, tense or just confused, whatever the case might be. And, and I honestly was afraid 
to raise some of those things because in my head they were, to your point, soft skills. Therefore, they weren't valuable. They weren't important to the discussion. And and who am I, you know, the only female in the room and the youngest person in the room to suggest those things. And I think what I've learned over time is there's actually a real strength to those skills uh, and valuing them, nurturing them, um, listening for them is really important. And then being confident to say they are important and I can use my voice uh, is something I had to learn over time. And probably something that we can now be educating our peers on. Yes. Yep. And it, honestly, it's something I still think we can reinforce in each other. There are still moments where I have that, that you know, everyone else in the room is being very quantifiable, very statistical, very numbers driven. And I'm sitting there going, I feel like we all just have to look out for each other or collaborate better, communicate better, and it could look like this. And I, I still have to remind myself that is important to raise as a topic. It needs to be recognized and heard, and it's okay to say it. Yeah, absolutely. And for procurement specifically, some of these skills, these key relationship management and business management skills really come to bear when you talk about a wide range of things that we do in this function from negotiation, right? Being able to read the room and understand the needs of each of the parties to supplier relationship management, everything in between, setting up a strategy for a category or an organization, seeing that whole end-to-end ecosystem or framework together and seeing the qualitative pieces of that. A hundred percent. And just like I needed to learn you know, the numbers part of it. Uh, and I needed to really embrace that. And I needed to figure out how to talk, you know, this is the ROI and this is the picture and, and here are the numbers and I'm getting really comfortable with them. At the same time, I also need to work on, you know, sharing with others, teaching others, and again, teaching myself sometimes to value the importance of the relationship piece. And you're so right, you know, stakeholders in businesses that we work with, suppliers, just by stopping and listening or understanding kind of the the hidden message or where to probe deeper, um, where there's a pain point, and just spending the extra five minutes solving that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. yeah. Related to that, and I think we've covered some of these already, but what are some of the challenges that you've faced throughout your career? You touched on some, but um, if there's anything else you'd like to share that comes to memory around being a woman and coming up in this function? I think there's a ton of them. Um, And yet at the same time, again, I say some of it's relative to just me and my own personality. Some of it is, I think, more um, applicable to many of us. Uh, I I would say early on, it's that comfortable being both, you know, the youngest person in the room and a woman. And and how how do you get okay with that? And how do you make sure you learn that your experience matters uh, and you can bring that to the table? I think also just getting comfortable with the, the changes that happen throughout your career and then doing that as a woman. Um, so again, you know, starting a family is just fundamentally going to look a little bit different uh, when you are the woman who is taking maternity leave. Um, and, and what does that look like? And how do you make sure you are comfortable with your decisions and that you're also, you know, just uh, letting, making sure that it takes your career still in the direction that you want you know, to take it. So for me and, and my decision, it was, I'm not taking my foot off the gas at all in my career. But yes, realistically, I'm going to be, you know, taking on a new chapter, and I'm not going to still be the person who's the last person out of the office each night, or 
um, able to be as flexible as I was before. But how do you use that as a strength? How do you use your newfound superpowers as a mom, um, as someone who is learning that balance and bring that to the table? So I think those are some of the the chapter pieces. And then learning, uh, I, I think, when to just be comfortable with yourself, uh, because I think there are times, I think everyone has this, whether they're a man, a woman, regardless of you know ethnicity, you're going to have moments where someone says something to you and you take it from the vantage point of, I am a woman and this thing was just said to me. How do you have enough confidence in yourself to either ignore it, deal with it directly? Uh, you know, there are going to be those moments of, well, why would you expect that this is happening in your career? You took the last few months off to have a baby or whatever the case is. And you have to, you have to be prepared in yourself to deal with some of those situations and, and to deal with that context. Um, and I think the final piece I would add is I early in my career was, I think, afraid to raise my hand and ask for mentorship and, and ask for, um, you know, that next big challenge. I think Oftentimes, it was a little bit of good work will be rewarded, and I should just stay quiet and put my head down. And I think I would tell younger me to establish good mentors, particularly female mentors, but but mentors in general, to establish good relationships with with leaders and and to really talk openly about what I was trying to do in my career. Because I think sometimes I held back. Uh, I don't regret that, but I think it's a lesson learned that I would tell my younger self. I so agree with that. I, I would do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was an opportunity missed for sure. Absolutely. So Lynn, I would love to um, go a little bit deeper into the question of life, life work balance and motherhood. Um, because I'd love for you to share your story with, with the women procurement practitioners and leaders in our audience around the onset of motherhood and what that meant for you and how that influenced your professional life? Yeah. So in my case, motherhood came from a place of all sorts of change. Uh, I went from very much being career-driven, career-focused fully and having the time and space to do that to finding out not only were we starting a family and I I was pregnant, but I was pregnant with triplets. Uh, So from day one, whereas many people, you know, have a number of weeks, months to, to gear up, um, Things got a little bit challenging pretty much right away. Uh, there were a number of, as you can imagine, some health concerns for me, for, for the babies. Um, and it, it quickly became something where I had to learn flexibility very fast. I had to learn to be okay, you know, asking for things or carving out time, carving out flexibility. I give all credit to the, the male manager that I had at the time, who when I sat down with him to talk about this challenge and very much honestly expected a pretty negative reaction. He just looked at me and was like, of course, I'm going to work with you on this through every step of the way. Why wouldn't I? You're you know, a talent I want to develop. And anyone on the team any day of the week could suddenly leave the organization, could have a health concern. Why is this any different? So I credit him so much with making this on day one as comfortable as it possibly could be. And then from there, I needed to get comfortable with it. And honestly, that took some time because, you know, just asking, you know, to take a couple hours off to go to an appointment or dealing with the surprises that that came along where suddenly, you know, an appointment turns into you're spending the day in the hospital um, were things I needed to get my head around. And, and that wasn't easy. And I needed to to learn confidence and I needed to learn I think myself value to know that it was okay and that um, this is still part of my career building. And that's 
fascinating and amazing and difficult all rolled into one. <laughs> I just, <laughs> oh my goodness. On the other on the other side, I have it different than many because I took one maternity leave and it was, you know, it was a doozy, uh, but I took one, whereas I have tremendous respect for women who, you know, have multiple kids at multiple points in time and, and continue to keep the momentum on their career and continue to keep the things in focus that they want to keep in focus. So uh, I recognize that in some ways I, I just did something in a much more condensed version than a lot of people do. <laughs> all about getting it done and multitasking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And in the focus, right? That I think that's a big piece of it. It was for me. My son was a micro preemie. So I took a year off to be there as he was growing. And that was the career versus life decision for me. So I can imagine with triplets. Well, and it's interesting because not only did I go out on maternity leave and then have obviously tremendous change, but I went out on maternity leave as my company was one company name. I came back and we had been um, divested to another company. So I came back under a different company name. Uh, so that was also new because everyone in my peer set had had a couple months learning the new company. I came back and felt like everyone was talking a different language, different acronyms, different everything. Um, so honestly, the first number of weeks, I just felt good if I didn't you know, look like I had just changed a diaper or fed a baby. Um, and could generally get by without a confused look on my face. So the bar was pretty low for myself at first. I would say the hardest part was the, again, learning the new language, but then also my very first business trip, uh, because it was the first time, obviously, I was physically leaving home with my kids, you know, at home and taking this trip. And I, I think that was the hardest hurdle. Uh, once I got over that, everything got a lot easier, but it was, you know, it was just doing some of those things for the first time in a new set of circumstances. Yeah, exactly. And I hear you, that first business trip was, was hard. <laughs> it was hard. Although a guilty little pleasure when suddenly you're ordering room service and, you know, feeling like you can actually eat a meal by yourself without anyone interrupting you. So there, there were moments. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. And before we leave that topic, I know this is going to be impossible to answer, but if there were one or two things that that motherhood experience has taught you about life-work balance, what would it be? What would it be? What would they be? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would say being okay, not being okay, and trusting yourself on that. I know that that comes up a, as a theme a lot during this discussion, but I really do think, for me, it forced a, an awareness of the value that I do bring to the table and the fact that I need to be okay when things don't always go according to plan. Uh, so, you know, getting comfortable being uncomfortable, honestly, was one of the, the toughest lessons for me, but most valuable. Uh, and then I think just learning that work, as long as you're working hard and you're doing your best, uh, work will always happen. It will always be there and it can always, you know, fit around your life as you choose. So I learned that, you know, instead of staying in the office until whatever time in the evening I wanted to, it was taking that break, going home, being a mom getting everyone settled. And then I can turn on my laptop again if I choose and I can get my work done that way. It's just learning to be adaptable. Thank you for that. One more question for you, and then we'll open that up uh, to anything else you have to share. My last question for you is, 
what would be your advice to women now entering the procurement space? I think, first of all, I'd say you're entering at a really exciting time. Uh, I think a time where women are more appreciated in our space than ever, uh, have a lot to bring to the table, and truly are entering a world where you can choose what type of organization you want to be a part of in terms of, you know, again, gender diversity, diversity in general. Do you want to be part of a global company, a big company, a small company? There's so many options. And I think the world of procurement, regardless of gender, has evolved to be more strategic, uh, more complex. Uh, and I think that that makes our skills all the more valuable. So I'd say you're entering at a really, really great time where you have something special to bring to the table. Similar to what we talked about earlier, I'd say then using that opportunity to its fullest. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. Don't be afraid to ask someone to mentor you. Don't be afraid to ask somebody to help sponsor you as you grow your career. And don't be afraid to say, this is what I'm looking to accomplish. What are my gaps? Where do I need to work on? How do I get those opportunities? All things that I just think I was slow to do, uh, ultimately got there, but was slow to do. I, I think just making the most of it is is really, really critical. And and honestly, not being afraid to try some different things. You know, I, I think... I have spent my entire career in procurement services. I do so because it's dynamic. It's constantly changing. And I get to work with some really incredible people. Uh, but, you know, if if you're in a procurement role and it doesn't feel quite right or it doesn't feel like you're getting the growth and opportunity that you want, speak up and or advocate for yourself and or look for that, you know, in another organization or wherever, you know, wherever it feels like a good fit for you. Yeah, great advice. Anything else you'd like to share for us today? I think it was a great conversation. Uh, I think probably focused heavily on the motherhood part, which I think the only thing I would call out is even if that's not a route that you're taking as a woman, I think we do have different chapters in life that d- that do mean different levels of flexibility, different levels of adaptability, and different levels of making sure we're we're clear on what we want out of a career and we're okay with ourselves for not wanting other things at other points in time. So in my particular case, you know, one of those big triggers was, you know, just that that life change of becoming a mom. But I think we're going to have those chapters regardless. And being okay, if you were for the first 10 years of your career, someone who felt like you had to work 60 hours because everyone around you was working 40, being okay saying, I have reached a point of credibility in my career where regardless of the reason, I can now adapt and be, you know, whatever whatever version of me I want to be and continue to add that value. So in my case, it happens to be that trigger. But I think that the examples for others can be numerous. Very well said. Very well said. For everyone, it's different. And that's a beautiful thing. That's right. Lynn, thank you so much. Really, really enjoyed this conversation and appreciate the, the time and the candor and your thoughts. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Women in Procurement podcast. For more insightful tips and discussions from procurement people for procurement people, follow us on LinkedIn at WNS Denali.